Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the A-star, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the ungraded Please See Me Later, that is... Lucy Freeman. Oh, and I slightly mangled that, but I think I got away with it. No one will notice. <laughs> and the last part of our results day, folks, is you. Now, today's Dum Dum is from my girl, Vicky Cole, from Kenya. It was so good, Vicky. We couldn't just let that... We couldn't just have you on just for one week. You'll probably be there next week too, because no <laughs> bugger is sending through fresh dumpty dums, are there, Lucy? But if somebody does want to send in a fresh dumpty dum and prove me wrong, uh, how can they do that? If you'd like to sing us a dumpty dum, give us a plot prediction, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Um, thank you to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Derek has cheered up this week, thank Ooh. God, um, because Bake Off is uh, back. Awesome. Uh, Bake Off always inspires him. So he's had to go at a trifle. He didn't think Sue Perkins would have given it the thumbs up, though, because he forgot the sherry and he knows how keen she is on a soggy lady's finger. Uh, thanks to Cosmo <laughs> for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Funny you should talk about Bake Off and, and, and soggy ladies, but you know what uh, Kat Brown's doing? I don't think she's soggy, is she? But yes, I, do, I don't know what she's doing, though. She's doing a Bake Off podcast, which will be out this week. Ah, fabulous. Yeah, and it's going to be called Soggy Bottoms. Ah, so I reckon if folks go to soggybottomspodcast.co.uk, uh, sorry, .com, uh, they'll find um, a, a podcast uh, around about Thursday time. Uh, but if they want to go and leave a, 
speak pipe messages they should go to soggy bottoms podcast uh dot uk and uh you know just go 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 leave I their like thoughts val. val is my favorite the lady that puts the wrong ingredient into everything she's made so far mm. she confuses caster sugar and flour <laughs> it was we were hysterical because she just kept going, oh, well, at least I've got it right. Then, oh, no, that's, hang on, then that's flour. It was just, it was just, hysterical. <laughs> just like watching myself cook. And also that, um, that other lady, uh, no, they get the, the, the banker, um, what's he called? Selassie. He's lovely. Who's Selassie? <coughs> Sounds like an emperor of Ethiopia. I know. Big fan of him. In a, in a, in a sort of very smart, pink, somewhat preppy shirt. Oh. Other than that, exactly like an emperor of Ethiopia, yes. Cool. Well, I well that was kind of a bit of a one-sided conversation because I don't watch the show, though I do like it when I've when I've bumped into it. But I'll, I'll be excited to see what Miss Cat Brown comes up with with a Soggy Bottoms podcast because it'd be it'd be quite good. However, mm. yeah, we're going to talk about that other British institution that is the Archers, aren't we? We are. On this week's episode, we have calls from Goddess Diva, whose life is imitating art. Rachel, who wants to know where the social workers are at. Uh, Jan from Cannes, who thinks Charlie's on standby. Not so sure about that, Jan. Uh, Claire, who's looking forward to Rob's new job. Dusty Substances and Miss Alliance, who are both on the edge. Witherspoon, who's thinking about bad parenting. Yokel Bear, who's team Eddie. Andrew Horn, who wants to give Uncle God Kerry the clap. <laughs> it's, you people can tell I just read this stuff for the first time. Got like, start <laughs> laughing at your jokes, Lucy. Well, it'd be weird. Actually, if you read it and didn't laugh, and it was still obvious it was the first time. <laughs> Steve is pleased he got it right, and Mary, not contrary, who thinks we're psychic. But first, before all the caller inners, before we blather on about stuff which have some transcendental connection to the archers and to the world of dum dum it's lucy v freeman's week in ambridge this week's episode was brought to you by mothers who refuse to listen the epitome of this is carol toboggan oh anna darling are you having chicken for dinner why don't you have beef are you tired why don't you go to sleep oh you've gone to sleep don't go to sleep there. I'll wake you up so you can go to sleep where I want you to. Do you want me to wake you up in an hour? Then I'll wake you up in an hour and a half. Runner up is Ursula Titchener. Why don't I come and stay with you, Robert? Don't you want me to? Well, I'll come anyway. Anna Toboggan's had a bit of a blow, apparently, which would indicate that she's not lesbian. Uh, Max, the ill-defined <laughs> pronoun, has dumped her. Let's hope that doesn't distract her from the phenomenal progress she's making with Helen, who is more worried about Cassie's nan. Anna is now reduced to talking to Helen as if she were a toddler. It would really help, Helen, if you could think of something bad that Rob did. Have a big think. Helen, Helen, I'm talking to you. Stop singing. Uh, Pip dumped Toby. Toby is astonished, as he was very nearly faithful that time. And he only picked bits of fluff out of his bottom when she wasn't looking. He didn't sniff his fingers afterwards or get hold of her boobs and go honker honker. I mean, <laughs> what do these feminists want for crying out loud? <laughs> Then, annoyingly, they got back together. There is so much slurpy slurping at the moment, what with Lillian and Justin and Pip and Toby, that I have now turned into a four-year-old and shout, ugh, yuck, ugh, whenever it starts. Joe Grundy has taken the unusual step in persuading Oliver Sterling to hand over his multi-million pound house to Joe by threatening to die if he doesn't. 
I mean, the man is 95 next week, so it's not like it would come as a sudden shock to anyone. But Oliver did seem to be genuinely freaked out. The younger generation of Grundys are proving how worthy they are of getting a multi-million pound house for doing nothing by poaching, thereby endangering the livelihood of the only Grundy who is actually making a go of his life. Honestly, Eddie has an internal saboteur that's bigger than he is. Eddie marinated the pheasants in boozy grain and then wrung their necks and pretended this was called foraging. I'm going foraging in Waitrose shortly and will bring back a slab of smoked salmon shoved up my jumper. The only difference is I'm not going to get it pissed first. It's good country life, isn't it? Anyway, that made the pheasants slightly easy to shoot, but they did keep fighting back. So you point that thing at me, I'll tell you I'll bloody have you, I will. And we met Charlotte. Charlotte is Titchy Knob's new nanny. Well... Not his, Henry's. Although someone who throws tantrums as regularly as Rob probably does need a full-time nanny himself. Charlotte is a bit thick and doesn't sound as if she could look after a hamster without going into a cardiac arrest. But anyway, <laughs> any luck, she'll never set eyes on giddy-up Jack, so it won't matter anyway. Her current role is to remind us how lovely, lovely, lovely Rob can appear to be with people who don't know he isn't. I fully expect poor Charlotte to be Madame Titchinob within the year. This will annoy Arsula, who appears to want to marry Rob herself so she can make him lard-filled toad in the hole and call him Robert endlessly. <laughs> uh, Tent Flap Lizzie was having a hard time with Freddy. Freddy was worried about his exam results, but instead of talking to him about it, Lizzie enlisted his super bright twin sister to give him a good talking to while she sucked up to Dr. Cocky Locky, who was having problems with Sasha. Great parenting, Lizzie. Dump your own kid to impress someone else by your parenting skills of their child. Freddy is a new Freddy and sounds like a slightly disillusioned stockbroker in his late 30s. Maybe he could get <laughs> together with Pip and they could go on a saga holiday. It was the annual Pickers Party. This is called the Pickers Party because it is where Adam decides to pick who he jeopardises his marriage with. This time everyone escaped unscathed, but Adenoids and Pip did some terrible drunk acting, so it wasn't too bad. Really, the young people of Ambridge need to up their drinking game. I mean, I know the next generation is an abstemious one, but this lot seem to have half a low alcohol lager and they're reeling about slurring like one of Brian's pheasants. Pip and Adenoids went joyriding on a tractor and like totally crashed it. Obvs, lol. As a result, Adam spent the day after assessing the damage, looking for cracks and checking for scratches, which is pretty much how he spends the day after every picker's party, to be fair. And the final thing we learned was Rob Titchener. Everyone knows that monkeys can't dance. Don't tell me the Archers isn't educational. The end. Oh, I really enjoyed that this week. That was awesome. Well done. Are we sure you got the right week, though? Yes, I'm so sorry about that. As someone pointed out on Twitter, that never happened on Men's Week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 I know. I, know, I, know. I had a rather lovely weekend. Did you? Uh, this what weekend. Did you so I went to see Robin and Jeff uh, winning over in uh, Sonoma, which is uh, north of San Francisco in the wine growing country. And they were just saying, oh, how lovely it is to, to have you back. But how, yes, um, you didn't do the right monologue, but how uh, it, you were just uh, awesome anyway. And then the next day, I met up with Laura Jackson, who is our new social media manager, because she, she's Hooray! much better at this Hello, stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, new she's, social media manager. Yeah, so she's going to do the shop. It's only what I said back in January when we had the meetup. And she's been badgering me, or sorry, uh, gently reminding me ever since uh, that I said she could do some stuff and I haven't given her anything to do. 
and I met up with her yesterday and she was just saying how wonderful uh, it is to have you back and that uh, she thought it was uh, very funny that you couldn't even, uh, you know, round up the right week. But anyway, <laughs> pe- people love you, Freeman. They, they, they love you. <sighs> Tell you one thing Laura Jackson did say. What did Laura right. Jackson say? Uh, and this is the reason why I upgraded her from being um, CEO of the Dum De Dum shop to social social media. Well, she really shouldn't call her social media manager, but just um, all things audity to do with the things that we've ever said. Because I think she's a bit of a Cosmo. She's going to need a hell of a business card to fit that on. Mm, yeah, well, do you know what? But she, she is very, very, very good. So she says, so Royfield, so dum-de-dum, many missed opportunities. Right, exactly. She went for the jugular straight away. Uh, I I says, what do you mean? She says, the Order of John Archer, it's a really good idea, that. The dum-de-diddlers, you know, people should be, you know, sending that through. And and she says, because the thing is, you know, where do I listen to dum-de-dum? She says there's a lot of people who don't necessarily see themselves as witty, insightful, and just as scared of actually calling in. Right. And he says the great thing about the Order of John Archer, the Dumdy Diddlers, the Dumdy Dogs, the Dumdy Mogs, etc., is that it's a low bar to entry. You don't have to be clever ah. to take a picture and get people involved. I turned round and looked at her. Over me burger, and I went, you know what, you're onto something. She says, you guys say all this stuff, and then it doesn't go anywhere. And I went, look, we're going to sort it out. So, right. Where's it going to go? Uh, on the website, and to help build the community. Oh, I see. Right, so, right, right. So, right, so, let's dust things off. Order of John Archer. Uh, I think we're on to about John the 11th. Now, yeah. if you've got, dear listener, a person in your kind of social circle or in your family uh, that's got the name John anywhere in their name type person, you can uh, call in and you've got to be truthful because we're not going to verify. Right. Because this goes up to Lord Netherbourne, remember. Right. Yep. So uh, he's so, a stickler as well. Lord. Exactly. We kind of any interlopers in the order of John yeah. Archer. So all you do is you call in and you say, right, I was I once went out with the John. Uh, my brother's middle name's Cat, uh, uh, Rat, it was called John once, whatever. And we'll basically, we'll bestow upon that person uh, a number and they can join the order of John Archer. Right, that's that. Dumpty diddlers. If you've got a kid that you inflict uh, listening to uh, the Archers on... Uh, you can basically call in and say, my kid, is far, I think, what was the top age, Lucy? 12? 13? Yes, I think we got to 12. Mm. I actually think we might have edged up to 13. But anyway, it's a grey area. All right. So uh, if you've got a, a kid and you inflict uh, the archers on them and they, can kind, and they kind of know what's going on, right? Well, they can be a dumpty diddler. And I think Andrea Melling, um, she's a grandmother and she's over in Texas. And I seem to seem to remember that. Uh, oh no, she is an Order of John Archer winner. Trumps. I'm getting. See, I'm getting me John Archers and me Dumdy Diddlers mixed up. And these are both prestigious orders that have, you know, hallowed orders, aren't they, Lucy? But anyway, mm. so if you've got a Dumdy Diddler, right, just just call in, write in, whatever, and they'll go on the roll call as a Dumdy Diddler. 
Dumpty and dogs. Also, unlike mm. the unlike the actual British honour system, you don't have to be related to either me or Royfield to get something. No. Or to have donated substantial amounts of cash to us at any point. Although well, that would be good. That would help, though. That really would, would help. It does, it Grease the wheels, so huge, to speak. Hugely increase your chances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now. We cannot emphasize that too much. <laughs> <laughs> Another um, low barrier to entry to get a dum de dum honour. Yeah. Money. No, well, no. See dum- also sex and cake. Mm. Mm. Let, 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 yeah. let's, let's, let's move on, Lucy, okay. from that. Right. Um, <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> if you've got a pooch and maybe whilst you're walking your pooch, you listen to Dum Dee Dum or the archers, take a picture of the dog on a lead in a park, on a street, whatever, and post it to social media. And it's a Dum Dee Dog. Give us the name of the dog, where you were. And it's a Dum Dee Dog. Ditto Dum Dee Mogs. But I appreciate you don't put those on leads and you don't walk them in parks. But there's a picture of your moggy just like hanging around your house, your flat. You know, just being generally lazy like cats are, right? And and if you want to added authenticity, you know, put a radio in the background or like your your iPhone. Which Not is... in the bath with you, please. Yes, no. yeah, no. cats in baths or radios in baths. Mm. So I was bored. I was worried about. Take a picture of your cat. Give us the name. It's a dumpty mog. Right. So so there you are, Laura. All of our hallowed orders have been... Oh, God, there's one more. Yes, there is one more. Then we'll get back onto things things archers like. Um, many moons ago, I said that when you call in for the first time, you should tell us what your vintage is. And I know Cosmo actually got quite excited about this. Uh, and we had a little bit of a two or three episodes where we tried to discern exactly how he defined uh, the vintage of a listener. And I think we nailed it in the end as... So I'm an antrobus, i.e. The, the major character, the first major character that I can remember entering the village when I started listening was Marjorie Antrobus in the mid-80s. Arguably, I'm a Snell as well, because I think they kind of came round about the same time. But I'd, I'd rather be an antrobus than a Snell. Well, I'm, I'm, calling, snell. I'm calling myself an antrobus, right? So the definition is this. Whenever you started listening to the archers... What is the major character who you can remember becoming a permanent fixture? So I can't remember Phil or Dan or Dorothy because they were already there when I was listening. But I can remember Marjorie Antrobus coming in with her Afghan hounds. That I do remember. So I am an Antrobus. So you are the surname of the character you can remember coming into the village. So what are you, Lucy? I'm a Snell. Ooh. Don't want to be a Snell. I can't remember Mrs. Antrobus coming to the village, but I remember that dog woman being yes. there, like from the beginning. Really. Mm. Mm. I am an Antrobus. So there you go. So um, call her in us for next week. Tell us what you are, please. Right. Now, Laura Jackson, get off me back. We can get on. Now. <laughs> we can get on with some archers action. Um, what did you reckon to last week then, Luce? Uh, well, it was very, very special that I actually managed to listen to the right week. So I was quite well done. Just, just, just enough of that. that I'm just applauding. Ch- chuffed me deeply. Mm. Um, I, I think that the, that is going to be the 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 Kaz, um, uh, the 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 self harm, whether it was suicide or 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 what. I think that will be the catalyst, won't it, for the actual Helen. 
because she'll suddenly be faced with this is how desperate I will be if if I find that that Rob has taken um, custody of of Helen and 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 Jack. Mm. Well, I know there is a, I, there there is a call or two which kind kind of say yeah. um, similar things. But I'll tell you one thing that I noticed last week. It was an absolute roll call of Archer's characters. I know. Everyone was in it. And yeah. the other thing which is really kind of marked for me was every episode was was bitty, but nicely bitty, i.e. Yeah. It didn't follow from one episode to the other who was actually going to be in the thing. You know, no. we had the return of Jazza. We yep. had um so I always love a bit of bit of Oliver. We had yeah, Jill, Will Grundy. Yeah, we had you know, Will, where the hell did he come from? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's obviously been like hiding out in Penny Hassett. He's not the, he's not improved at all wherever he's been really, but you know, he was nice <laughs> to see him back. You know, it was You go it, away again quite quickly, Will, but you know, nice to nice to have you. Yeah. Um and one thing again to mention Cosmo. Uh, the silent power behind the Dum Dum throne. Uh, the one thing that Cosmo does bang on about is the lack of use of the younger characters and the fact that um, you know that they need to be properly integrated into the village in terms of storylines to, to you know to help grab younger listeners. And at least we did have a little stab at that with the party, uh, with a little bit of hijinks. Uh, you know, we had Richard Locke fleshed out a little bit more. Um, yeah, it was. There was like so, so, so many uh, characters. It was good. Yeah, loved it. It felt like a proper village again, and it not did. just Bridge Farm. Yes, that is yeah. very true. That is very true. I did like, but I did I, because I listened to the the, ish, the episode, the series. Ugh, I listened to the one, the omnibus last week, the one that I mm. should have listened to when I you know wrote the wrong monologue, <clears throat> uh, and I did like that when Henry came back from his holiday. And uh, they were, you know, they were saying, did you have a nice time, Henry? No, when, when Henry was leaving to go on his holiday and saying, well, he looked absolutely delighted to me. No, he wasn't. He's deeply traumatized. Deeply yes. traumatized. <laughs> oh, God. But I just thought you're starting to sound a bit desperate and a bit sad yeah. and a bit pathetic now, Rod. Rob. So, yeah. Rod. Let's start calling him Rod. He's, he's the sort of bloke that would go berserk if someone called him the wrong name because it would mm. mean that he's being ignored the one thing those people cannot stand is being ignored yeah. that's what makes them really panicky and upset Ig- oh. ignored and then uh and then to be questioned so i think he's going to yeah. blow himself up here he you yeah. know he he yeah. is being frazzled by, by the whole experience um <laughs> he's his social exclusion um is absolutely marked uh well, the bloody cricket club jesus I mean, you talk about welcoming him with open arms. You think I've done a few, you know, have you not been aware of what's been going on in the village? Do you just not care? Well, mm, I don't know, Luce, what, what show you're listening to. But a couple of weeks ago, there was a great scene where Rob bowls over and says, right. Uh, the, the, the oh, I know, match. I know. Everyone come for a drink and they yeah, didn't. And one by one, they, they peel off. He rings up Harrison and says, can I come and coach? And Harrison sort of says, "Uh, Yeah. Not, well, no, I'm the captain. With, not without, you. without wanting to uh, uh, spoil, spoil things too much, uh, yeah, Sundays is somewhat different. Hey, oh, have you? Wh- yeah. What? Are you ahead of me? Well, I've listened to Sunday's episode. Oh. Mm. Oh, I'm very confused. Are you ahead of me in time then? 
Yeah, I'm a time lord as well as a podcaster, Lucy. I'm a time lord from Gallifrey. <laughs> what happens in your world? Are you ahead of me then? No, I'm behind you, but you haven't listened to Sunday's episode, have you? Sunday's episode of the Archers because oh, we Sunday. comment because, mon- oh. we comment Sunday to yeah. Monday, but actually yeah. another yeah. episode has dropped. Ah. Oh. Sorry, right. Yeah, I've forgotten that today was Monday. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Right. Actually, yes, that, that is my name, isn't it? That is my Gallifrey name. I'm the podcaster. What? So you have the doctor, the <laughs> <laughs> the podcaster. And who's that other... That was the other guy as well, wasn't there? Because they, they, you know Doctor Who always thinks that he's the last person. The master. The master. There you, there That's you go. That's Cosmo. That's true. No, he's the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> You can't you can't tempt him with being the master and then tell him he's the bloody spreadsheet. No, there already is the master. Oh, I thought we were all being Doctor Who characters. I'm not being the assistant. Can I just say, <laughs> I'm not being a sodding assistant. Well, no, it's about time. Surely the next one's going to be a female doctor. Yeah. A doctress. Mm. Stand by for the Twitter war on that one. Blooming neck. Yeah. I'm, sometimes I get a bit tired of Twitter and social media. I know. Me too. People just want to take offence. People yeah. are just ignorant and horrible beyond belief and just mm. plain mean. And mm. just, oh, it, it does become tiresome. Especially if, like me, you love American politics. Just, yeah. you know, people just go down rabbit holes and just don't yeah. care. And just, oh. Yeah. Hey, serious point, though. Absolutely serious point. I'm not one for writing stern emails. But I was shocked and stunned, seriously. Sunday night, couldn't sleep. It's obviously too much excitement hanging out with uh, Robin and Jeff winning over in in Sonoma. Two o'clock in the morning, tossing and turning, couldn't sleep. You know, uh, on your phone, uh, if you go to Google, it's very clever and it mines your emails and it mine and and also your search history. And it says, so you get the search box for Google and then beneath it, you will have um, four or five kind of news stories of things which he thinks you're yeah. interested in. Very yeah. clever and actually very good. First thing there was Theresa May. Second thing, Jeremy Corbyn. Third thing was a bit of Formula One. Fourth thing was a bit of football. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Politics, uh, sport, blah, 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 blah. Didn't have any historical maps on there, but, you know, anyway. Maybe historical maps haven't been in the news recently. Anyway... The fifth story was Milo Yiannopoulos. Do you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Loathsome git. Well, it has to be said that I think it was Nozilla who, or Diane Telford, who basically took me to task a couple of months ago about Milo because I kind of do know him. We worked on the same publication about four years ago and he hadn't quite, he was already Nero then. But he hadn't turned up the wick on the Neroness. Right, yeah. So I yeah. slightly have an older view in that he's a bit of an adjunct provocateur, but very yeah. clever no and kidding. bright. Yeah, he's very clever and, and bright, but just he is, he does yeah. go completely over the edge. Anyway, so I do follow him on Twitter, or did, past tense. Yeah, yeah. And he's been kicked off, hasn't he? Yes, and that, so that's what I'm getting onto. So he... Um, that was this, weeks ago. Well, this is before he was kicked off. 
when oh, okay. and I think it was Diane Telford I'm sure Di- uh, whoever it was as I know Zilla or Diane Telford on Twitter says Royfield this man hurts people I said uh, we, there was a general chit chat about something and I said oh the thing is you know he's just entertaining you just don't take you know don't believe don't take what he says and, and, and get upset by it he's just he's a bit of an entertaining troll and she went into chapter and verse as to how he's actually hurt her personally and actually people that she knows. But as important as that, how he incites a whole band of people who yeah. have absolutely no bounds just to tear into people, which I wasn't yeah. aware of. Because you know that actually my Twitter usage is actually pretty light. Generally, yeah. I don't yeah. really follow people. I don't join in conversations generally. I post what I want to post and then I get the hell out. So I stood corrected. But anyway, so the fifth story was Milo Yiannopoulos. And it was a picture of him with a cartoon Jewish nose. And, it, and, and the uh, website was Stormtrooper. And I said, this doesn't feel right at all. I did mm. click on it and read it. And this was a website berating him as how dare he stand up for, for the right because he's a degenerate gay Jew and just went on and on and on. I couldn't believe Google was actually endorsing this, in effect. We're taking this as a legitimate news site to put yeah. it on the home page of my phone. Top right, it does say, um, was this result right? And I said, how dare you throw this? You know, this isn't just a bit of trolling, which is bad enough. Yeah, This yeah. was a group of Nazis calling somebody degenerate because they're because they're homosexual and perverted and and then that he was jewish and that they're vermin i couldn't believe it lucy so to say i wrote the strongest email you can because it says give us your comments back and how you feel about (laughs) our results all right i will you know i says your filtration process needs to be somewhat better than this you know because it was absolutely shocking absolutely shocking but anyway, where did I come in with this? I have no idea. Mm. Why oh, you're fed up with Twitter. Yeah. Well, yeah. just the people just wanted to take great, great offence. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. moving swiftly on. But anyway, uh, Google and the lack of filtration on, on news stories aside, this has been somewhat of an interesting week on The Archers. And I think our quarter in agree. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy? Um, we've got Goddess Diva first, and this is a bit of a trigger call, I think. So um, you might want to skip this if you find this kind of thing, if you find the Robin Helen storyline tricky. Hey, Dumpty, that's Goddess Diva here. Um, I was going to ring you a few hours ago. I was going to be really, really witty about Jenny Darling having not seen her mass and butterfly for years. And I was going to talk about Pip being... Uh, a bit of a twat, really, going back to Toby, because she can get laid anyway. But then I ended up having to rescue a real-life Helen. So I've spent the afternoon with the police and with our Helen, who said that she was worried that he was going to kill her or she'd end up killing him by stabbing him to escape. So it was all very resonant, and you're right in the middle of it, and the police have just left. So... I was going to talk about how suicide attempts in prisons are really high and actually 
those who are saying that these scriptwriters just hate women have obviously never A, never met Kerry and B, never really looked into what happens in prisons. But it's all kind of been thrown by the way, out of the way by what's happened to Martin next door. So I'm going to go and have another Coke with a very big rum in it and try and settle my nerves because the adrenaline's now just pouring through me and making me sweat nice. Ooh, I'm just such a catch. And just to say that I really, really hope Helen, the Helen Titchener, I really, really hope that she speaks out now because I have a feeling that our Helen's not going to press charges and that makes me sad. But at least today she's safe. They've, they've got him and they're not letting him out anytime soon. So today she's safe. So there we go. Right, rum is calling. So... Bye bye, Dumpy Dum. Goddess Diva out. My goodness, Goddess Diva, what, what, a, what a thing to be involved in. But at least your neighbour sounds like she's getting the help that Helen, uh, well, didn't. Or I don't, I don't, I don't really know because obviously I don't know the circumstances. But good lord, well, I'm very glad that she's got you next door to her to help her out because I think sometimes it's very difficult if you think something's going on and you don't quite know how to help, how to deal with it or whatever. And um, to have somebody that does know is going to be a huge benefit. So good luck to your neighbour. And it just obviously goes to show how realistic the storyline is and how this is not. Um, so Petrope, this is actually something that happens to real women every single day all over the world. I think if we, if, if you don't mind, can we play Dusty Substances, Ms. Alliance and Rachel all together because they all... Are sort of around the same theme. Hello, this is Rachel Louise at Tanya Ray Ray on Twitter. Long time listener, first time caller in a row. Following all the outrage from the rather poorly scripted legal side of uh, the Helen and Rob and Henry storyline, so I'd put across the social worker's point of view as to how the hell this Section 7 report is going to be written based only on an, on an interview with a five year old boy. You've got to take into account the ascertainable wishes and feelings of the child, but you really need to speak to the grown-ups too. So why haven't the social workers been out to visit Helen and Pat and Tony and Rob and then sue them? And they need to be doing it soon, otherwise there's no way they're going to have had that report signed off by their manager and file it in time. Anyway, thanks for the show. It's always really good. Bye. Good afternoon, Dumpty Dum. It's Miss Alliance here from her boudoir in deepest suburbia. I'm not in my Albion today. Other people are making some lunch for me. So I thought I'd take the opportunity to call in about something that distressed and enraged me hugely about yesterday's anticlimax. People have been wondering about the reason for Kaz, and I know that some people feel some resentment to her because she's clearly a rather trained student putting on a South London accent. That doesn't bother me at all. I understand that she's been put in there to draw Helen out and make her trust someone again after her dreadful experiences with Rob. And that was proceeding, although we only have about 10 days to go now as I speak. So everyone is becoming frightfully worried about it. So imagine my dismay when drama was heaped upon drama last night and there was a suicide attempt clearly by Kaz, who was distressed at her part of the story when 
she's lost custody of her children. Now, I understand and I empathise, but we don't need yet another plot twist. And I'm really quite alarmed that the scriptwriters have gratuitously put a whole more than two-dimensional character in there only to have her just enhance the drama as a foil for Helen. That's not fair, surely. I feel manipulated by this. It's a sort of coercive control of us, which was my earlier point some months ago. So, on that jolly note, I'll go off and have my lunch. Bye. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, Ringing very soon after Friday evening's episode. And I'm in shock because I'm just wondering how much more I have to listen to, really. How many more potential catalysts that then don't do the trick and move the story on. I'm hoping this really will do it, but we've been here before, really. I made some comments on Twitter and people were saying, come on, this is realistic. Well, okay, maybe it is. I'm really hating listening to it. It feels very very melodramatic, but maybe in real life it feels like that too. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not a stranger to some of the issues in this story, which is probably why I've hated it from the word go. But I think the bigger picture is I, I, I'm not sure that any storyline should overwhelm the show like this one has. Um, it's well written, it's well acted, it's probably got the very best of intentions. The fundraising for uh, the Just Giving page was obviously an, an amazingly positive thing, but I really have had enough. It's just too tough to listen to. Um, I, I'm really, I feel really quite bereft that that we've lost Kaz because I was warming to her as a character. I loved her down to earth kindness and good sense, and she had such potential as a character. I I could see her coming to Ambridge um, when, please heavens, all of this is sorted out to the extent where Helen's back. Um, And now this has happened. And the, well, the, the ominous silence when Helen went into that room makes me really quite scared that something dreadful's happened to that baby as well. And Oh, I'm, oh dear. Sorry, I'm beginning to ramble now. And, and, and it is me just, just sort of saying how I feel after that episode. And I feel, I feel awful. I feel awful. Love to everyone. And I'll be more cheery soon, I hope. Um, Yeah, I, I don't think we have lost Kaz, Dusty Substances. I think what we've got is um an, a suicide attempt. um, And I think that... Uh, she will um, she will survive. I don't think the children were involved. I think she will survive. And I think that that but I agree that she will be the catalyst that uh, that as the goddess Eva said as well, that will make Helen speak out because Helen will now be facing a situation. Helen will suddenly see that unless she acts swiftly and decisively, she will end up um, in a similar situation. And that, as Kaz said, once he has got those girls, he will not give them back. And once Rob has got his 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 claws on the the children, he will not give them back. And um, 
Uh, we've already seen him doing damage to them in the way he talks to Henry and now I'll take you to a better beach. You do miss daddy, don't you? Blah, blah, blah. You you know, you can, yeah, you can see it all happening already. And Helen is now kind of that, I think, a sort of broken through. Uh, I hope that that's the thing that breaks breaks through. Um, and as Rachel says, where are the social workers? Where are they? Um They've interviewed Henry. They haven't talked to anyone else. We've had we've heard nothing about um, anybody trying to promote contact between Helen and Henry. It's all been, oh, no, you're not allowed to see him. I don't know legally where what the situation is there, whether or not he genuinely isn't. But it seems a remarkable thing to deprive a child of uh, deprive a child of his age of seeing their parents. Um I suppose because he's a witness as well, that must blur the edges. But surely there is some legal framework around sort of promoting, keeping sort of family cohesion where 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 possible. But I don't know. I don't know. And also, I suppose if it was a father, would I be thinking the same thing? Would I be thinking, oh, no, it's important for him to see his father, even if his father is on trial for suspected murder? I don't know. Mm. Now, can I play a different thing? We need to play a different thing now. Yes, please. We need to play Jan from Cam. Mm-hmm. Hello, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jan from Canada calling in with a plot prediction and to say, welcome back, Lucy. It's so great to hear your voice again. Thank you to Harriet and Christine, who did a fantastic job of filling in while you were away. I know that Harriet was a host and Christine a guest, but they both were just wonderful. Oh, and congratulations to the Manzauer gentleman. I thought it was a great show, and it provided me much, much food for thought. Anyway, on to my prediction. I think that when Adam discovers who his new <coughs> boss is, he just might hightail it for Scotland to join Charlie, because eventually Rob's going to use his knowledge of Adam's and Charlie's relationship as an ace in the hole to hold over Adam and make his life a misery. So, that's it for me today, except to say hello to Auntie Jean. I've been thinking about you as you are grappling with your mum's Alzheimer's. It can't be easy. I did try to tweet you this message, but I couldn't find you on the Twitters. So I figured out, I figured that um, Lucy Royfield wouldn't mind if I use SpeakPipe. Take good care. And to everybody else, have a great week. Bye. She says when Adam finds out Rob is in charge, he will leave Ian and he'll go to Scotland to be with Charlie. But wasn't it lovely to hear Ian? It was. So nice. And he's so sensible, Ian, and so nice and straightforward. And I've decided, come to the conclusion now that Adam just does not deserve him. Mm. I don't like people splitting up, but I honestly think that Ian needs to find somebody better. Ian could find somebody a lot better than Adam. Mm. Well, because Ian is such a sensible human being, you know, he, you've got to say, well, he must find something in his relationship with Adam, you know, within Adam and within his relationship with Adam, which, you know, is which he feels that, you know, he benefits from. I don't know what it is, but, you know, he, Ian, has always, Ian has always struck me as slightly too good to be true. And he is... In many, in many ways, the moral compass of the whole show. If Ian says something, that is the writer's truth. It, it yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. It's just another kind of plot hole. And you kind of understand it slightly in that Ian and Helen were supposed to be bezies. Okay. 
Now, obviously, when somebody goes into a relationship, into a new relationship, you sli- your your relationships with other people around you then slightly change. You become slightly more, you move a little bit further away from them because you can't spend the same amount of time that you did as a single person with your friends, with your family. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, you know, so understood. But still, considering how close I was supposed to have been, surely Helen, uh, Ian would have been Helen's, first point of call for any um for any of her worries concerns actually about rob now we understand the whole plotting of the storyline that this was the reason why helen had to see adam and charlie have the kiss and then her to tell rob so it pushed daylight between her and ian you kind of understand that okay but still ian is ian Okay, Ian can slightly see through local difficulties right in front of him and see the wider picture. And so it's not, you say, I think it's significant that number one, way before Rob turned up evil to Max, that he punched him at the, was it at the single wicket at the, at the fate when, when Wiggins was there? Okay, yeah. like, you know, a year and a half yeah. ago or so. Yeah. He punched him back then, which, which shows you again, Ian. Whatever Ian does is that you know yeah, is, is yeah, the writer's yeah. truth that you know because he saw if Ian doesn't like away. someone they're a badden exactly it. he yeah. saw him straight away and look at Ian now you know it, you know now Ian has kind of slightly come back in into this you know and I am slightly going forward because there was an episode yesterday Sunday where Ian and Rob exchange words and Ian says I've seen through you from day one you're an evil man and whatever etc etc okay but. Come on, okay. Where has Ian actually been? He yeah. could have. He could have at least been kicking his heels on the side, saying, "You know what? Something's not right here." Yeah. Blah blah blah, and then trying to call Helen. Helen saying, "You know, I can't talk to you. No, everything's fine." You know, a massive, massive opportunity has been lost here. You know, no. Should he have ridden on a, on a white charger? Uh, into Blossom Hill Cottage and scooped up Helen and taken her out, you know, kind of, uh, I know, Bronte style. No, but we could have had him kicking his heels, wanting yeah. to see Helen. Yeah. And, but and... that's all That's all symptomatic of of this ridiculous game they've been playing for the last um, couple of months of now you see him, now you don't, you know, where mm. somebody's there and they're in the middle of the action and then they just spontaneously combust until it's useful for them to reappear again. And then yeah. they reappear without an explanation of where the bloody hell they've been. Mm. I'd go so far as to say maybe it's because Ian is just too good a person. And I know Yokel Bear has said he's never taken to him because He's just slightly too good to be true. So that's the reason why he's criminally underused. Ian has never been, you know, he's, he's either in the kitchen. He's uh, always an adjunct to someone else, exactly, isn't he, really? Exactly. He's never been kind of, yeah. frustrated because Caroline wants him to do a, a, a yeah. test a new recipe. And, yeah. you know, the souffle wasn't quite rising correctly or something or another. But it was. But the stories are never actually about him. Never, yep. ever. You know, and no. massively wasted in terms of this storyline. But as I said, you know, I'm not going to say I'm out of it and so I can't listen to the Archers anymore because then I couldn't, couldn't podcast do dum-de-dum. So, but yeah. I just think, you know, just great issue, however, poor execution and an execution solely and purely for newspaper headlines. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Claire Astbury. Can we have Claire Astbury now? Yes, please. 
Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. Uh, just to say thank you for last week's show. It's nice to see Lucy back. I wanted to respond to something that Blythe Spirit said, uh, which I think she made a really great observation, which is the way that Justin used to speak to Charlie and that Rob is not going to take that kind of behaviour in the same way. I'm very much looking forward to Justin talking down to Rob. Uh, that'll be nice. Uh, and also, why does Justin have the operational ability to make those kind of recruitment decisions? Surely Dumar is quite a big company. You'd think there'd be some sort of HR process and a proper line manager into something anyway all for the sake of uh, expediency in the plot I suspect but uh doesn't feel very realistic but maybe I don't know those kind of companies very well and also this week we had the really creepy interview with the new nanny um which just shattered my dreams which was that um Hayley would come back to the village as a nanny for Rob take no crap from him, uh, reveal everything and get back together with Roy. Uh, in my parallel Archers universe, that's going to happen. Sadly, not in the actual Archers, I feel. Keep up the good work and speak to you soon. Bye. I had forgotten that Justin talks down to people who work for him. And he really went for Adam once, didn't he? Mm. He was really quite grotty with him. So no, you're right. Rob will not take that. I know. Yes, you're right, Claire. There is there doesn't seem to be any line manager, no HR stuff at uh, Damara Capital whatsoever. But when you think about it, Grey Gables has successfully operated with a mute manager, a gym manager who's <laughs> no one on reception because Linda's never there. So, you know, if that's just how businesses run, isn't it, in Ambridge? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, have all the flood people gone back now from I think Grey so. Gables? Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah, long to- time. Well, we used to spend quite a lot of time at Grey Gables and we never go there anymore. Yeah, no, it's true. As soon as the Grundies were, were turfed out, uh, then it kind of got forgotten about, didn't it? And, and, and Kirsty, Kirsty got flirted with by uh, Toby on the way into Toby. her interview. Yeah. And that was it. Mm. End of. I miss Grey Gables, you know. I do. I do. I, I, do. Loved, I, love, I used to love it. Jack Willie kind of, you know, lording it Jack around Willie. Great Gables. Willie. What did I say? Jack Willie. I said Jack Willie. You said Jack Willie. You listened no, I didn't. Back on I said edit. Jack Willie. Listen back on the edit. Whatever. Well, I used to love it when, <laughs> when, he, when he owned the place. You know, Caroline was managing him for him. And Jean-Paul Captain. in the background. Captain. Um, yes. See, this, it, was, it was like the hotel was a character of its, in its own right then, Absolutely. wasn't it? Absolutely. And now that's gone. Mm. Now, Pat's di- uh, uh, boss-her-face has disappeared. Kathy's disappeared. Um, but I used to like sitting on reception. With that 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 woman with the foreign name that never never said anything. <laughs> Annika, she was not Annika. She was in the shop. I can't remember. She was. Mm. Um, you know, it was nice. I like a bit of faded grandeur. That's yeah, kind of yeah. how I imagine game tables. That you're sitting out on the conservatory and things are dripping on you, but you don't like to say anything, so you just pretend it's all lovely. <laughs> yeah, very English. With a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I've had to have some words with Angus this morning because he was out late last night with his friends celebrating National Dog Day, and he awakened with a bit of a hangover. Even though I'm a child psychiatrist, I don't know if I handled it so well. It was clear that Eddie and Elizabeth also had bad parenting moments this past week. There certainly wasn't anything to defend in Eddie's behavior, despite his Karl Marx or Robin Hood explanation of what he did. 
Clary was excellent in putting him in his place. My only complaint is that William only reappeared to spout angry diatribes at his father. Will is a hard-working family man and deserves to show off his lighter side once in a while. And he nor Clary knew about George's involvement with the theft. Both of them are really going to blow their tops when they find out. In the meantime, Lizzie wasn't much better in her parenting skills when she first ignored Freddie's attempts to talk with her because Docky Locky was on the phone. Shades of what happened with Roy and lessons not learned. Seems she only pays Freddie any mind when something bad happens, like his awful grades. But then again, what I assume is new Freddie sounds like some awfully obnoxious rich boy, and I might ignore him too if he were my son. Richard sauntered in to talk to the half-drunk, half-hungover lad, and the chat went surprisingly well. I'd say that was totally unrealistic. Freddie would not have been in any mood to talk with him and would have reacted much more negatively. But I imagine this was all to contrast with Roy's bungled attempt at intervention a couple of years ago, and I guess Richard will make a much better stepfather than Roy would have. One more related point. Why are all the males of Amber such academic failures? The best you get is Josh's two B's and a C, and he's lauded as the genius of the Archer clan? Even Richard, a physician, claims that he was not the brightest bulb in his class. Come on, guys. I expect better from you, and you should expect better from yourselves. I won't go into much about what happened on Friday, just to say that I found Kaz's last minute of the week suicide attempt or a successful suicide to be rather soap opera-ish. So now both Helen and Kaz's abusers are winning, and the women are much worse off for trying to fight back. I can't imagine that this will keep on happening. I certainly hope that Kaz survives her suicide attempt, but whatever the outcome is, I think Helen will finally finally be spurred on to deal with what has happened to her, speak out about it, and confront her abuser in court. Oh, that's quite heavy. So Angus says I should end by revealing my superpower. It is math calculations. Specifically, I can calculate the tip on a restaurant bill faster than anyone else. A corollary power. I can also subtract sevens from 100 faster than anyone. Why is that important? It's part of the psychiatric mini mental status exam of patients. Here goes. 100, 93, 86, 79, 72, 65, 58, 51, 44, 37, 30, 23, 69, 2. And I swear I wasn't reading those numbers. Witherspoon and Angus signing off. Hope you had a lovely bank holiday weekend. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Eddie and Elizabeth are bad parents. I Well, I completely agree about that nonsense of ducky, locky, cocky. That's Goddess Divas. We've got to credit her. Um, coming in and, uh, and, you know, doing the little fatherly chat there with Freddie. And Freddie goes... You know, he goes from juvenile, drunken juvenile delinquent to, yes, yes, mother, I've decided I will try harder. Thanks to Dr. Richard Locke and his amazing. <laughs> Freddie would have helped to sod off, wouldn't he? I mean, he's already a bit funny about other people tapping up his mum. Mm. After the, the whole, there is, there is a pattern of... here, though. There is a pattern because remember, Freddie really liked Ifty, um, and he's a massive fat boy, though, was he? Let's face it. But I, I think you know. The, I think the whole thing is Freddie that he. he I think the writers tell us that he needs a father figure. You know? Yeah, of course. But but you know, Elizabeth could actually be a mother figure. That would be good. 
rather than just going, oh dear, and then sort of backing away and saying to 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 that other one, um, Freddie and Lily, saying to Lily, you go and talk to him. That's the last thing he wants. Is the is the you know. The, 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 the twin sister that's actually absolutely hammered him in everything, coming in and saying, come on, you really ought to pull yourself together. Mm. I, I did think that did stretch credulity, you know. But, uh, yeah. but, but hey. And, and I, yeah, and I do think Freddie would have said, who is this git coming in and telling me what I should do with the rest of my life? A, I don't know him from Adam. And B, you know, is he another one of your, your exactly. people that's... That's what he would have said. That's what he would have said, considering how he reacted when he found out about Roy. Yeah, yeah. Another one of your men friends, mother. Yeah, keep them to themselves. Uh, Yokel Bear now. Hello, Dumpster Dumb, it's Yokel Bear here, calling from the rolling hills of Yokelshire. I get the bad bit out of the way first, Friday's cliffhanger. I don't know what to make of it. On the one hand, I'm really, really hoping it's the thing that finally moves the plot on and gets Helen talking to Anna. Maybe it kind of shocks her into whatever. I don't know, but, it's, it's you know, maybe this will, will actually move that damn plot line onwards. On the other hand, I was really quite shocked by it because my immediate thought was, was please, could we just have rubbish things happening to women in Ambridge? Could we, could we just stop that for a bit? Um, and I know it's, you know, we've been through this before about the issues and what have you, but I don't know, it just, it, it ruined my Friday evening, to be honest with you. But on a more positive note, Joe Grundy was absolutely oh, top quality, top notch Joe this week. The whole thing about, you know, I, I thought I was going to die here and all that, you know, he's just really laying it on thick. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of Joe. I had an idea this week. Which is, you know, like we have the Ambridge Christmas play and it's always separate on Radio 4. I think we should campaign for Joe reading ghost stories at Halloween. What a spin-off, one-off that would be. Um, Also as well, um, quite interesting, the whole thing about the poaching. I know Will's in the right. I know it's stealing... But I couldn't help siding with Eddie a little bit because I think it's again it's the class thing, isn't it? It's the you know the posh people coming and do all the shooting, you know they struggle from day to day and what have you. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just bringing a little bit of class war into the archers again. My head knew that Will was right. My heart was yeah. Go on, Eddie. Go out there. Get yourself another pheasant. bit of top-notch joe there um yokel bear you cannot agree with eddie on the poaching don't be daft he's just this is unlike me to disagree with yokel bear but for goodness sake (laughs) eddie sometimes is just such a spanner isn't he he really is you just think eddie for once it's it i mean it's not going great for them clearly but how is that possibly going to help there's like there's no point does he stop and think is the thing i'm about to do going to a make things massively worse or b make things massively better Mm. you know he just never has that conversation with himself he's just completely driven by enthusiasm just 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 i suppose that's why yoko bear likes him really because he's sort of yeah he's just enthusiastic and uncomplicated about things and he's like a child if he wants to do it he just does it regardless of whether or not it's a sensible idea Mm. stupid man Nobody actually, none of our caller winners this week address Toby and Pip, do they? 
yes, they do. Steve. Oh, I'll shush then. All right, then. Uh, I suppose we best do Steve now then, really. Sorry, Lucy, if I've knackered up your, your running <laughs> order. Steve! Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Steve here. A couple of things. I was right on the Pip and Toby front. I just knew they would get together. I'm glad they have, actually. I think they'll, they'll make a really good relationship. I don't know why, but I've just got a feeling that um, they're going to be a good couple. Uh, loved Jenny Darling and Brian with their interplay about Madam Butterfly and Jennifer's explanation of the plot and uh, Brian's reaction to it. I really, really did enjoy that. That was They are two class characters. It really it shows you how a long relationship in a soap opera can pay off when the interchange between those two is just so sublime. Yeah, there's a few rubbishy things going on about the crashing of the tractor and the Grundies with their never-ending tales of bloody poaching and elfin worlds and Joe's maudlin death obsession but uh, on the whole it's been quite a good week uh, we've just got to look forward to this bloody trial but never mind anyway hope you all have a good week and mwah I love you all bye 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 mwah love you bye 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 who says that Pip and Toby are going to be a good couple hmm. I don't know because I still think that Toby is an ass. And I think they'll be an interesting couple. I don't think it would be a positive experience for Pip. And I think she's mad. I think she had what exactly what she wanted before, which was uncomplicated physical relationship, bit of a laugh, jolly good. And now he's kind of coerced her into it being a thing. And which then gives him... No, stop it. You can't use the word coerce after what the, the, okay, <laughs> the way no, that we no, have. No, 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 not in a very... What can I say? He's um, he has um, he's suggested to her that it might be a nice a nice thing, but he's just made it all much more complicated. And now it will be an issue if it stops, uh, and 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 people they'll have expectations of it carrying on and everything. It's just got much more complicated. They should have left it how it was. Mm. Looking from a kind of dynamic plotting point of view, the supposed merits and faults kind of of each character. Potentially, this does make them quite an interesting couple in a way that David and Ruth never were way back when. David and Ruth were only ever interesting in that, well, I suppose it was important for the 80s. Number one, she was uh, regional. Yeah. You know, so she came in with... a woman and a farmer. Exactly. And the fact that she was uh, seen as being somewhat assertive. She was... Maybe Cosmo can prove me wrong, but she was the most uh, able, assertive female farmer that had come into the archers, you know. And that, that's the whole thing, because she came and she did, not work experience, but she came and did whatever. Yeah. Uh, under well, whatever. I just thought of something else. Sorry? just thought of something else. Go. Right. Well, the whole point of them keeping it quiet was because they didn't want to upset Rex. Hmm. And now, they didn't even mention Rex in that conversation. That's they just said, oh, I, th- "I think, I think we'll, we'll, but I think we should do this properly." Blah blah blah. At what point did they say it will really? Oh dear, it will really. I mean, they didn't even say, "Oh well, it will really upset Rex, stuff him, or anything." They just, they just forgot about him entirely. Poor sod. That's very true. Well spotted there, Lucy. And also, as a farming woman, mm. you would not 
you had to do what she's about to do. If you just, if if you'd have the kind of physical relationship where there's no expectations and nothing that they had before, mm. she doesn't particularly have to trust him, trust his integrity. She has to tr- trust him to a certain extent, obviously, but she doesn't have to trust his integrity. He's just nearly killed. Well, he has killed shed loads of stock. Yeah, about a third and of the birds. A, mm. As a farming woman, you would think that per- anyone that let that happen, you'd think was an absolute burk and you wouldn't go anywhere yeah. near them. Yeah, but and uh, trust me, I'm, I'm no Toby fan. Right. But he was he has been somewhat contrite. Afterwards, immediately afterwards, he did have his, you know, his tail in between his legs. Um, and, and but what the point I was getting to beforehand is um, so you had Pip's mother is this capable farmer that just happens to be a woman. OK, she knows how to farm. She's got great insight. She puts in the work, she puts in the time, etc, etc. And in that way, Pip is her, her mother's daughter. Though, in terms of a character, Pip is somewhat... Old Pip was somewhat annoying. New Pip is somewhat conservative. Uh, though, she'll sing Uptown Funk and try and fool us that she's hip and down with the kids, which just proves how fuddy-duddy you actually are. And I think that Toby, being this much more kind of charismatic, and in, in some ways... Uh, more socially gregarious in some ways character you know you put the two together and you potentially do have a dynamic couple where he is he is a natural born salesman if if any if he's anything he is that you know some he's somewhat crass about it at times and stuff but you know you potentially it's 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 a it's a great coupling it is in terms of storylines it absolutely is yeah oh poor jill (gasps) <gasps> she's not going to be happy is she <laughs> not at all still there we go um andrew horn oh yes please i think yes i also loved caffeinated blindfold toddler to describe um kate that's exactly so well done uncle kerry god has done very very well there mm. um and exactly he makes a very good point but I, as far as i can see it when w- yes because i get that kind of uh, feeling when rob talks i like i don't breathe i breathe in and i don't breathe out properly because i'm just waiting to find out what the thing because he never says anything without having a motive to it absolutely he never says anything offhand every single word he uses is carefully chosen to get the result that he wants so i, I listen to well, him well, that, well that's not quite true that's what... not quite true because when he's riled then you get the absolute naked truth yes but, no, but, 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 yes, but, 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 yeah. but in that case, it's, he's saying things to, to really upset people. Mm, he's saying yeah, things yeah. that are devastating and unpleasant. Mm. But so what, in effect, what the scriptwriters have done is they've made us Helen because we are helpless. We can't control what he's about to say. We see him manipulating people we care about all over the place every time he opens his mouth and we can't do anything about it. So mm. we have been made into Helen's. And I think that's why this storyline is affecting a lot of people in a lot of ways particularly people who have been in the situation whether it was a parent or a or um or a partner or whatever um where they have been helpless in the face of someone else's cruelty and have been unable to to stop it because of the position they were in and either that's because they were a child or they were a sort of um a helpless partner Mm. well ultimately 
when it comes down to manipulation and coercive control, <laughs> it is it is the writers and and, uh, and and ultimately the editor, isn't it? You know, yeah. the plainest for mugs all the time, and I mean yeah. that in the nicest possible way, yeah. right? Because the you know, cleverest possible way. Yeah. Whether or not, not say it was nice, but it yeah, was... no, 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 exactly in the cleverest pos- possible way. Yeah. So it's it feels like cruel and unusual punishment, but it's very successful and very well done. Mm. Um, but the trial is on Sunday, and it's for an hour. Um, I guess it's seven to late, is it? I've no idea. This is all new, news to me. You know, I keep my yeah. ear oh, yeah. to the ground on all things archers, but somehow that that's passed me so, by. Sunday, it's for an hour. Mm. We've got an hour-long episode on Sunday, um, which will oh, uh, that, cover the trial. Is that what they said in the Telegraph? Yes. Okay, so I saw the, the headline, the link, uh, but I didn't actually click on it and read it. Now we have Not Contrary. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, Not Contrary, in Toronto. It's been a long time since I called in. When I saw Royfield in January, I did promise him that I would call in more regularly. And I think I managed it twice. And then the Rob and Helen storyline came to a bloody climax. And I really didn't feel like commenting. And it was just too difficult to articulate what I was feeling. More recently, things have settled down into a nice rhythm. I'm enjoying the Grundy storyline, enjoying the Pip and Toby storyline. Um, Brian was on top form this week and I'm also expecting a baby in September so I think my ability to string sentences together will be severely diminished although the baby will be an archer's lister I've told my husband that in no uncertain terms so I will still be listening to the archers and Dumpty Dum and cheering you on and I did want to say that you seem to have an uncanny knack Royfield and Lucy of making characters appear on the show. Um, recently, you were complaining that Will hadn't been in it for ages. Where was Will? And then he popped up this week. Similarly, uh, a while back, you were lamenting the lack of Ian, and he's you know coming back into the storyline in a very important way. So if there's anyone else that you're dying to hear from, I suggest you start mentioning them in the podcast, and um, they'll pop up. I know there's a big lag between when they record the episodes and when they're actually aired, so it's not that the scriptwriters are listening to you and getting right on to what you're suggesting, but you seem to have this sort of psychic sense of who's coming up in a storyline, so I would take that and run with it. Take care. Goodbye. Not Contrary is having a Dumpty Diddler. Hooray! Yay! She kept that rather quiet. Because I didn't just see her in January, I saw her in May, possibly even June. And we went to a bar type place and, you know, it, it all adds up now, We're, wasn't drinking, <laughs> blah, 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 right? But they didn't say anything to me back back in May stroke June whenever I saw her and her hubby. Mm. But anyway, congratulations. Congrats. Did they not realise that everyone's supposed to tell you first? I'm sure it wouldn't have been the first person they told. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy. But considering considering I saw them in May and she's having it in September, because um, I'm not saying I have the best social radar for all of these types of things, but she wasn't necessarily showing, you know, ah. that obviously. She, she wasn't. No. She wasn't. She uh-huh. wasn't. Because, you know, as... 
you know, if I'm a father myself, so generally I know the shape of a preggy belly when one's put in front of me. But anyway, congratulations. Oh, uh, I've got an apology I need to throw uh, Mary, not contrary's way. Uh, last week, when I was talking about the where do you listen to dum-de-dum hashtag, I, I said uh, we haven't had any from Canada. Now, that has been rectified. Well, for a start off, uh, V. Littler um, this week uh, sent a picture of her park in Toronto. And I'd forgotten that Not Contrary did take a picture of the Toronto subway of her listening to Dum Dum on that um, the week before. So I was actually incorrect. Mm. Sorry. There you go. Um, and she says that we are psychic. Yes. Because every time we say, well, we haven't heard from so-and-so for ages, there they pop up. Look, just for Dumpty Dum people who don't know, Royfield is actually a medium. Well, that's what it says <laughs> in his pants anyway. Um... <laughs> Well done, Lucy. Uh, um, so, as in the spirit of us being able to conjure up mm. um, cast members, I think we should have a nice long chat about Stefan. Because it would be very good if Stefan popped back up again. Now, where okay. is Stefan? I miss Stefan. He was ace. Never said a word. But I liked him a lot. No, Let's he did. He did. The, the, the scene where Rob That's actually right, gave him his marching orders, he did. However, you know who I want to see again? There's two people I want to see Jess. again. Jess. Jess I'd like to see. Oh, no, no, no. I, no, I, no, I, I don't really care for Jess too much. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, I want to see Uncle Walter Gabriel and, <laughs> and Nelson again. So... <laughs> massively underused characters in the last 30 years (laughs) can't bring them back from the dead (laughs) bloody Lazarus anyway (laughs) greetings earthlings Andrew Horn here with a few observations someone on the twitters was saying about Rob and uh, just hearing his voice and it's occurred to me that we've all been conditioned now and as soon as he comes on you're on edge um, watching out for what's going to happen and um, it's quite another sign of how powerful radio can be as as drama uh, but him getting his claws into Charlotte and already um, working out that yeah she's got potential uh, I can mould you the way I want yeah not pleasant listening what I have really enjoyed this week is uh, Uncle Kerry's writing um, always good for a few uh, um, Side sidelines and, um, and great phrases as well as great drama. So the uh, the caffeinated blindfolded toddler running around was an image that uh, had me chortling away. Um, and the beautiful um, line about the plot of Madame Butterfly about a woman in a foreign country bringing up the son of someone else, said by Jennifer to Brian, hit home and the pause and Brian's, uh, wouldn't you like some champagne, darling? Um, classic. So, um, at the risk of upsetting uh, Royfield, who has copyrighted this, to Uncle Kerry. Bye. Um, and now we have some emailers. Um, Scarlet Sparrow, who says, "Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? You know, since we can't bring people back from the dead." Is in effect Johnny. Wasn't he really a, a reincarnation of John? No, he's much nicer. No, he, no, he is. But 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 my whole point is, 
John had died, yeah. and you thought that yeah. was that, and then yeah. you discover eighteen years later that actually he had a son. So, so the next person that gets up the clangor on the archers will call their baby Walter. Walter, Gabriel, whatever. And then that will be him back as well. Yes, please. I like the sound of that. Even if it's a girl. In fact, especially if it's a girl. Um, Scarlet Sparrow <laughs> says she is still in the washing machine, so she's not speak parking. She says mm. she was actually very relieved this week by the addition of Charlotte to Rob Stark. Hold Star. on First, a minute. She's in the washing what, machine. What, Yes. What when she rings mean? in on speak pipe, it goes... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she says, A, it means there'll be a credible external witness to any wrongdoing by the Dark Lord. And I was getting a bad feeling that Emma would come to some harm if she witnessed something. Mm. As we know, the Dark Lord has a way of satisfying his baser urges. So Charlotte had better keep her door <laughs> locked. I will speak again soon. Keep up the good work, Scarlet Sparrow. Yes. Well, um... He, she didn't sound like the brightest light in the harbour, did she? Anyway, Cosmo says, mm. I know we are overdue for financial commentary, but even I cannot work out the economics of Ed's business. No way can he afford those sheep or Fatman's <laughs> tea room or Amside, which used to keep three people busy between affairs, but cannot even get it on the ground floor of a development in the village itself, i.e. Mm. Grange Farm, which seems to have missed by both, been missed by both Amside and BL. Are they asleep? Must go, got a boat to catch. Cosmo. He's gone off to look at the fjords. Oh, he, he says. has, hasn't he? Yeah. He has. Mm. Yep. Um, and you know what, that... Lucy, Lucy, what? Lucy? Yes. We are going to have to get old Cosmo in on the show one day. We are. But yeah. he's never, he's never still, is he? He's like discovered the secret of perpetual motion. That's Cosmo. true. That, that is true. But... I, but he's somebody who's incredibly organised. So even if, you know, we he says, yes. well, I've only got one Sunday free in, you know, 2018. He's bringing the cockpit of a plane on its way to Kuala Lumpur or something. Exactly. I think that's yeah. what we need to do. So, okay. Mm. Yeah. So Cosmo, balls in your court, sir. Yeah. Uh, that's it. End of the caller in end of the emails. Right. I've got something I, I need to say. Ooh, what? And it goes something like this. Sarah Thornton. She's going to be on our show next week. And she's a, the, the weather lady on the BBC. Is she? Does she have a warm front? Yeah, hey. <laughs> no, she got a couple of depressions or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so if you're a, a weather fan, uh, she's coming on. And she's also an Archers fan. And she listens to Dum Dee Dum it's kind of there or not you don't really choose it do you well no that's not that's not at all true and i've never understood this it's the most one of the most british traits about me i can't give a rat's ass about the weather um you know people are like hey what's the weather like oh should i put on a coat i'm like just look out the window i don't you're asking me for I've is that never... why every time i see you you're wearing a bikini and flip-flops regardless of how cold it is outside very fashionable bikini and extremely fetching pair of flip flops. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Like a bit of extreme are... weather. That's very good. Do you event event weather? Yeah, oh. where everyone stays in to watch the thunderstorm that's supposed to happen, or the hailstorm, or you know when it's supposed to snow, and you get all excited when you wake up in the morning and you, you look at, at your curtains and think that does not like snow light. And then you live in London, so you open it and it's just grey mush and you think, oh, God. 
Well, mm. I don't know. That is, yeah, I'm zoned out because you're fundamentally you're talking about weather. Sorry. I'm not that. I don't mean I'm keen on tsunamis or anything like that. It did kind of sound like that, like destructive weather. But I suppose can I you can, philosophically, it's a bit of a cleansing, isn't it? So. You, who were that? You know those lovely people that we met when you left who came over from the Isle of Wight? Yes. I've completely forgotten their names. What were they called? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Knight, and it's their wedding anniversary. Yes. And, and that's oh, the reason why they were in London. She had a really pretty name and I can't remember it. Anyway, she told me that her son-in-law was one of the first people that did the um, uh, that did the uh, subtitles when they first started subtitling on Sky. Mm-hmm. And uh, he they were they were used to watch it because they wanted to see which bits he'd done. And one day they were watching or one one around Christmas time they watched it and it said that a giant salami had hit the coast of Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yes well done all right so uh shall we take a little brief sojourn yeah okay uh, but just before we do i need to bring to everybody's attention lusa lombard and her lovely little tweetette where she was somewhere in oxford she found herself in oxford uh yesterday and uh, it's in some ice cream parlor and there are syrup sauces you could have you could have butterscotch Chocomocha, chocolate sauce, coffee, custard, and camp coffee. Whee! Registered trademark. Registered trademark on the camp coffee. And she thought, uh, I know somebody. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss I appreciate that so thank <laughs> you for that Louise let's see the other side uh, with a touch of Millie Bell and then that'll be closely followed by tweets of the last seven days when you don't have a roof over your head build that wall Build that wall. There was Build nothing marked wall. classified on my wall. emails, Build either sent or received. Build that wall. I Build am wall. humbled Build to have been wall. chosen by Build the Conservative Party Build to become its leader. 
that Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Good day, everyone. I'm going to start this week with a comment from Upstairs at the Ball that was made by Stuart Arundel. He said, Kerry wrote some great scripts this week. Brian dialogue was great, but a line that nearly slipped by was, like a steak pie at a vegan wedding by Jazza to describe Rob being in charge of Adam. Absolutely brilliant. And I must say, I noticed it. Not, I'm not a vegan, I'm a vegetarian, but I did notice it. It was very funny. On our Facebook page, we had a couple of messages, which was nice. We had one from Andrea Melling saying, Man's Hour was fine, but Dumpty Dum, like my other favourite podcast, Kermode and Mayo's film reviews, is based upon the chemistry between the hosts. Dumpty Dum is not Dumpty Dum without Royfield and Lucy bickering and teasing through it. Royfield is my doppelganger in his interests. Lucy and I share a very similar background, so it is like a debate within my head. I never know who I'm going to side with. No disrespect to the guest host, but I love Royfield and Lucy. Oh, we're glad you like them and they're back. Another message was from Tom Tom Williams, who said, Did anyone else quiver when Tichinob was interviewing the nanny for Henry? Run, girl, run for your life. Absolutely. I think we all agree with that. Uh, we also discussed on our page that we were very, very pleased to have uh, Jazza back, his usual cheery self. Uh, we, we were discussing the fact that Kaz seems to be the prompt for Helen to remembering. This was prior to Friday's uh, episode, of course. And uh, we had a discussion. Pete Branson said, plot prediction for dramatic effect. Helen will remember everything whilst in the witness box, which will put the trial into a flat spin and require a retrial which will throw light onto Rob, whose newfound power over Adam via Justin will be called into question, cue the return of Charlie via Justin, to answer some questions about Damara. He does, after all, still work for him, albeit marginalised. The books will then be forensically scrutinised, revealing some kind of fraudulent activity when Rob was manager first time round, providing a satisfying narrative for Rob to be sacked leading ultimately to his public fall from grace and placing him into a position of having to defend himself outwardly, increasing the pressure for him to appear to be that perfect father and probably increasing the risk of a violent outburst towards Henry. Meanwhile, Helen will completely unravel, providing Tobog on the necessary ammunition she requires to finally bury the Dark Lord. But he says he thinks this will take another six to eight months to stretch out. Kate Lyle did... Uh, say that post Friday's episode, Kaz was just working class cannon fodder, a plot device to pin Helen's awakening unit on. Utterly despicable. I can't remember a time when the artist despised its non-posh characters so much. Interesting. We also discussed uh, the fact that uh, Eddie was described as despicable. There was a lively debate, including myself, about how Lizzie had behaved as a mother 
how Clary is basically having to look after so many children, including Eddie. Uh, so you need to get on and get involved in that if you'd like to. I guess I tend to be very, a bit forgiving of parents because I've made so many errors myself as a parent. Um, but some people have higher standards than me, it would seem. We also talked about the fact that the breaking glass and crushed stanchion sound effects got a good workout. Valerie Bailey said she was really cross about it. All three have been brought up on farms to be respectful of the dangers of machinery. Pip and Alice are normally portrayed as sensible and level-headed. Their cousin was killed in a tractor accident. No way would they do this. Kate Lyle also said, and I thought this was a great comment, real sharp jumping moment. There is no way any of Alice, Pip or Josh would have got involved with this bit of script writer idiocy. Mm-hmm. Haven't even had time to get onto the forum, uh, which has been a little bit quiet this week, but nevertheless, we'd love you to get onto our Dumpty Dum forum or to get onto Facebook page and join us. Uh, it's fast moving, so we've got lots to say, and I'm sure you do too. Till next week, from me, Huru. Thank you, Millie. Right, now, Juicy Loose. Yep. It is with some tweets. Right, Barefoot Mower. Uh, who is ever optimistic, says, mm. Ian should now leave Adam and marry me. Adam can be with Charlie. Everyone happy. Yes, he's been very keen mm-hmm. on Ian for a long time. Um, Kerr now, with a remarkable um, uh, refusal to engage with uh, um, Elizabeth's nonsense, said, oh, yes, teenagers just love a book to show them how much fun an opera can be. <laughs> Yes, that's another, another <laughs> suspension of disbelief. Um, Dusty Substances said, excellent, Adam is going to kill Alice and I don't even know what a stanchion is. Uh, for anyone that wants to know, by the way, a stanchion is an upright that supports something like an overhead um, uh, sign post or something like that. Um, Tell you what, right, before what? the new goals in the Premier League, right, there used to be a stanchion uh, just behind the just behind the bar and famously or infamously goals have been scored but the balls hit so hard it hit the stanchion and rebounded back and the goals were never given and Clive Allen scored a famous goal which was never credited to because it hit the stanchion so it went behind the goal line hit the stanchion bounced back yeah that was a thing in the 80s and then they changed the design of, uh, of goals in football there you go. That was interesting stories about stanchions, a sequel to Wither the Culvert, which was our last <laughs> chirp. <laughs> ah, Chirps Estonia had Shula saying, if not supper on Wednesday, how about sex? Any time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Hinge Zandel, Tweet of the Week. I don't, I don't do my little trumpet fanfare anymore. Why? You don't listen to the shows. Oh. It's the fanfare of the common man and now lay underneath. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, tweet of the week with whatever you like as a fanfare. Says I take no pleasure in hearing Shula being totally humiliated here. No, hang on, I do. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we forgot to do Elderflower um, Elderflower Cordial Index. Um Steve Conway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says four euros and five for sparkling elderflower refresher in era. Well, oh. everything's got very much more expensive in era, hasn't it? Because of Brexit. Well done, you. 
thanking uh, you. Right I'm then. I'm still trying to remember the name of those nice people that told me the story about the giant salami, but I can't remember. Uh, right folks Laura Jackson is the person she's organised she's on it and uh, she's kind of does she know what she's in for really well dealing with me and she put it like this I've been in this fair country for what four months now and I've tried to meet up with her at least on like three occasions and I flaked out for whatever reason and she just sends me text back saying Royfield you are flaky so she knows what she's dealing with but Excellent. she wants to she wants to take on the job so she's going to put new things in the shop and she okay. had a great idea about like elf world t-shirts and things like that we were, we were chatting over dinner yesterday over lunch yesterday and she came idea after idea, bang 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 she says it's Royfield it's missed opportunities all the time mm. anyway and yeah, anyway, so moving swiftly on, Laura is going to do the shop. Shop, dumdydum.com forward slash shop. Go there, buy stuff. It's awesome. Also, go on there. There's a forum. Now, there's been a problem with the forum. There's two, been two problems with our website recently, Lucy, which you might not have been aware of. Number one, uh, the Russians have got there. <laughs> I kid you not. Putin? I What's kid ye not. Uh, well, we've been hacked. Well, these hacked. bloody Russians have managed to uh, get in and to put some spammy Russian, it's all in Cyrillic, God knows what it says, uh, uh, all over the forum. And I've gone on there twice and deleted it all. But we need to up the security because they're able to actually create these accounts um, by going through the vetting and then they're just running riot. So I need need to disinfect... Uh, our forum from 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 the Russians, so uh, it's an ongoing thing. So we're going to up the security. Number one, number two, some jiggery. Who some... thought that we'd have been we'd have been targeted yeah. by the Russians? By by, by the Kremlin, yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. Mm. So I you know, it's Hillary obviously... Clinton's emails and yes. uh, and and us. <laughs> oh, what they find if they dug into your emails, Lucy? My God, I'm just trying to imagine myself as Beryl Reed on um, on uh, on Smiley's people, lovely boys. Yes, <laughs> God, you're going back a, a year or two, aren't I you? I love that. There's such a good uh, adaptation. It's just brilliant. Mm. Uh, so, the, and then the other issue with the uh, with the shop, uh, well, sorry, with the shop. Are the Japanese having a bash as well or not? No, no. But our servers were taking a bashing. Basically, the site has been ridiculously slow off and on for the last two weeks. So, Pete, if you're a, a forum watcher, you'll notice the amount of messages on the forum has dropped off massively. It's because people just couldn't post because it was so slow. Um, Jesse, our techie person, has actually uh, done something and, it, and it's quicker, but it isn't necessarily quite quick. Jesse, enough. our techie, have we got a techie person as well? We're yeah. a cast of thousands now. Yeah, we're, we're a proper team. We're a team, Lucy. Blimey. Yeah, yeah. So he unplugged something because something was blocked and he got his plunger out and it made it much better, but it still isn't quite... Was it hair? It's usually big clumps (laughs) of hair. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, if it was, right, I'm obviously not guilty of that sin. No. Mm. That's all I'm saying. wasn't me. Who else could it be? I wonder. Anyway, go to dumdydum.com 
because uh, it's awesome. Don't forget soggybottomspodcast.com. Uh, go there, maybe not quite as soon as you hear this podcast, if you listen to it on Monday or Tuesday, because it won't be up then, but definitely by Wednesday or Thursday, go Unless there. Unless you are a Time Lord like Royfield, in which case it will all be done. Because mm, I am the podcaster. Uh, iTunes, please go and write some a review or two, if you haven't done so already. It's super duper important, because more people get to hear about our show, the more reviews there are about it. Now, that's one way you can help keep our little show on the road. Another way you can help us is by going on to our website and hitting that donate button. Or... Um, sorry. Yeah, you can um, go to patreon.com, uh, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.50. Awesome. Uh Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. Or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a telephonic message. Does that call us deep with us? On social media, specifically Twitter, you can find us where we're at DumbJumMe. I'm at Royfield Harris. He's at Sandbridges. Uh, Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. On Facebook. Uh, you can find us by going on to the Book of Face and simply typing in Dumb D Dumb and then uh, you can just go and commune with other listeners like your good self who are just talking about all things archers related so so, so that's that, that's the Book of Face we're not on Instagram because we're not down with the kids and we're definitely not on Snapchat so no. uh, don't be we're, we're, we're too slow for Snapchat I think probably mm. aren't we I tell you, I bet you'd be quite salacious on Snapchat because at best of times, you, you need editing at the best of times. So if any, <laughs> so if you had a, a you know a social media forum which was all about being uncensored because that message is going to be deleted, I tell you what, I'd follow you on Snapchat because <laughs> you'd be out of control, Lucy. <laughs> you have a very warped view of me. You do really. No, no, I've quite an accurate view of you. <laughs> I, I, I'm slightly more circumspect about things uh, that I say. I, but you're, that, that initial impulse that drives you, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a thing to behold. So you on Snapchat, you'd be a phenomenon. You actually it's a naughty would. little child leaping up and down shouting, say it, say it! That's, <laughs> yes. <sighs> mm. yeah. Right then. Is that it then? Huh? Is that it? Uh, more done? or less, unless you've got any uh, in, in last words. No, no. Well, no. I wanted to talk about um, Hell on Wheels, and it's... I have I haven't had the chance to to, to you know segue in nicely. Good. Mm. It's unfortunate. I'll have to wait till next week. Mm, that'll be something to look forward to, then, won't it? Why do you say that with such disdain, with such snark? <laughs> Because I don't know what it is. It's going to be boring and it will be one of your current enthusiasms, which in two weeks' time you'll have forgotten all about. How dare you? How dare you, Lucy? <laughs> is this to say I'm some like flip floppy, flaky? Well, I'm flaky actually. I don't do... <laughs> Just but... told me with great delight that one of the. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The reason you like someone is because they identified the fact that you were a flaky flip-flopper from the start. Well, she didn't say flip-flopper. King of the flaky flip-flops you are. It sounds like you've got athlete's foot, doesn't it? Flaky flip-flops. <laughs> mm. 